0: Hello and welcome friends to another edition of Sustainability Now right here on your community radio station, Forward Radio, WFMP Louisville, broadcasting to you at 106.5 FM. We also live stream anywhere you are in the world. Even if you're traveling, you can always pick up our our live stream at forwardradio.org. Hey, and while you're there, why don't you become a part of this community radio station? We couldn't do it without you. We rely entirely on volunteer labor and contributions from our listeners to keep this great community treasure going. So you can go to forwardradio.org right now and become a part of the radio magic. Uh, Maybe you've got a program you want to do here on the station. We'd love to have you, either for a one-time action access hour or a weekly program like this, or maybe uh, you can contribute a few dollars. And our birthday's coming up. Uh, we're going to be celebrating six years of broadcasting to the community 24-7 coming up in April. So maybe now's the time for a little early birthday gift at forwardradio.org. Uh, and we're going to have details coming out soon about our upcoming birthday party and pledge drive. So it's exciting times here at Ford Radio. Uh, what we do on Sustainability Now each week is bring in folks from around the community who are doing awesome some work uh, that I always love hearing about and it is definitely time for us to have an Origin Park update. What is going on with this brand new park development taking place across the river from us in southern Indiana? Uh, so I have brought two folks uh, into the both in-person and virtual studio today with me. First of all, we have uh, Doug Scott in the studio. Welcome, Doug. It's good to have you here.
1: Mm-hmm. Great to be with you. Thank you so much for inviting us.
0: And I'm told it's also your birthday. So happy birthday, Doug! It it is my birthday. (laughs) This is awesome. What a great day to have you here. Celebrate it. (laughs) Thank you for taking time out during your birthday. Doug is director of development for Origin Park, uh, which I haven't even mentioned. You can learn more about at originpark.org, and uh, he's director of development for River Heritage Conservancy, which is the organization that is helping launch Origin Park. He's got 25 years of business advancement and fundraising and nonprofit leadership experience and avid outdoorsman. Uh, And he's a Louisville native. So good to have you here on the air with us. And Kristen Forrest is joining us in the virtual studio. Welcome, Kristen. It's not your birthday, is it?
2: It is not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's always special to have you on the program. Kristen has been on the guest on the show before. Now she is a member of the River Heritage Consultancy Team, uh, working to make Origin Park everyone's next favorite destination. Uh, She's a public garden professional and adjunct lecturer in landscape architecture, co-author of several books, most recently Community Built, Art, Construction, Preservation, and Place She's also a proud return Peace Corps volunteer like me. So good to have you back with us, Kristen, for this conversation. Oh. Um, so for those who didn't hear about a year ago when we talked about this, what the heck is Origin Park? <laughs> Let's start there. <laughs>
1: yeah, sure. Uh, so Origin Park is a f- uh, master plan to be a 430 acre uh, park that's going to wow. be just uh, downriver, just west uh, from the falls of the Ohio uh, that master plan is to be built out over the next 12 to 15 years. Okay, all right. Uh, depending on funding and permitting, those are the yeah. two things <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that will control I'm that. Sure. Uh, but, you know, Origin is an urban park that is not football fields,
3: uh-huh. baseball
1: diamonds. This is uh, outdoor adventure. This is a place for people to come and connect with nature. Uh, activities like hiking fishing canoeing kayaking biking Mm, all the good stuff (laughs) Yeah, exactly right yeah so and and it's exciting because it's located right here uh, in the heart of this urban community a million and a half people uh surrounding it and we're excited to uh, bring that to wow the community yeah
0: so i think let's start with where some of Some folks might already be familiar with this future park area, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's the Ohio River Greenway, which is just such an awesome amenity already, Mm -hmm. especially once the Big Four Bridge opened up and people can walk, bike, skate across from, you know, our concrete jungle in downtown Louisville right into this green oasis on the river with incredible views of the city too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It often uh a lot of folks don't get to experience that when i bring folks over from louisville they're like oh wow yeah i had no idea this was here <laughs> right <laughs> but uh, yeah yeah so it uh the greenway is the is the main corridor to date uh that is that will bring folks right into the heart of the park and uh, for those that use the greenway and are familiar, uh, the park picks up uh, right past uh, the Clark Cabin site, or where the Clark Cabin site was, as you come down off of the uh, yeah off of the floodplain there, uh, the flood wall, and you come back to grade uh, along the Ohio River, and then you hang that right turn and shoot uh, over towards uh, New Albany Uh and and then the park boundary will end right as you cross that uh, metal bridge that goes over Silver Creek and drops you right into New Albany. So that's kind of the best orientation for folks that aren't real familiar with the area. Uh, That's where the park will be.
0: Kristen, you want to add a few things?
2: Yeah, what I'd like to add to this, I I find often when I speak with people about this park, it's really not quite on their mental map yet. And part of that reason is because it's not a very cohesive site yet. And that's what we're working to realize, because some of it is woods and wetlands and fields, but a lot of it is also brownfield. So Mm. former car lots, yards, we have a couple of landfills, we have some quarry lakes. And, you know, that's another thing that to me makes this project so important is the restorative nature of it. You know, we're taking some really abused land and turning it into a beautiful, cohesive, coherent, new urban river landscape. And um, this is a major, you know, equity and access issue. I read recently the EPA says that 58 million people live within a mile of a brownfield. That's really harmful. Wow. So not only is it not a park, it's actually a source of toxins. It's they tend to be magnets for crime. Mm. They're, you know, health hazards. So. One of the reasons that this park project is so complex and takes so long is we are restoring a landscape that has been seriously abused and neglected over decades. Everything from agricultural practices to factories to junk storage to quarries. And uh, it's really our hope that we're going to restore this land and heal it and make it everybody's next favorite destination.
0: Wow. Has this vision been around for decades and just most of us weren't aware of it? (laughs) Or is it really a brand new thing?
1: It, it really came out of the – it was birthed from uh, the regional cities project that uh, was going on, um, I, I'm not exactly sure, eight, ten years ago okay. in uh, southern Indiana. And then uh, – uh, but really, it was the Greenway. It was the development right. of the Greenway <laughs> that really, that really just area. put it on. And and so a lot of folks' leadership there in Southern Indiana were standing around like, "What's next? What? Now we've got this Greenway. Now we've got people coming. We've got all this wonderful yeah. uh, uh, space here." And. You know, they just took a look at this property and and uh, had great vision for it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So I've had the pleasure of riding the Greenway every every week. I have an excuse to go over to New Albany now. Girl, uh, and, so, and, and, and <laughs> so I've been biking along the Greenway, and it's so it's so magical and wonderful place to go. Um, and I'm always confused about what's going on down there now because it seems like the roadway at the cabin you mentioned, like right mm-hmm. there after that. There's the roadway seems to be blocked. Yeah. Um, is that permanent temporary? Is this part of the origin park scenario? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, no quite a bit about it.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, and, um, and, and glad that you asked. So, uh, it's blocked because it is eroding into the river.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: and, uh, so when the army Corps uh, built the lock and dam system and the lower output gates, Uh are pointed directly at the Indiana shore.
0: Oh, so it's been eroding for
1: years. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, some of my colleagues know, like, the exact amount, but, I mean, they're losing a couple of feet every year of the Indiana shoreline. And, uh, in fact, we have uh, pictures from 2019 of folks standing right there where it's closed, and they're sitting on the guardrail. Um, oh, wow. uh, that was on the river side of the road. That's 2019. The yellow line has disappeared. Wow. So that'll tell you um, uh, about what's going on there. So, uh, so we, so the River Heritage Conservancy is the is the nonprofit public private partnership that is spearheading Origin Park, and uh, we are also working with the Corps of Engineers. Uh, we have a lobbyist that we are uh, employing in. Uh, Washington D.C. because the Corps recognizes that this is an issue. Yeah, they want to fix it. Okay, and uh, it's in their plan, and they have submitted for, um, uh, you know, the, the the funds to be able to address the issue. Uh, and it just we're struggling to get it into the federal budget for really for the Corps of Engineers Gosh, with
0: all this infrastructure money flooding in you would think <laughs> well you would think uh,
1: but you know there's a lot of good projects out yeah. there so <laughs> so we're working we're working with the Corps to try to get some money put in the budget and uh, talk about ways that we can address it I don't think um, particularly in our master plan we don't have it master plan for that roadway to open back up oh, really? we do want to preserve it we do uh, so that it can be uh, modified for some pedestrian traffic and things like that but uh uh, what we want to do at this point is just stabilize that shoreline stop losing what we have and uh um, and stop the erosion
0: well let's talk about then how folks would access the park i know exactly how to access it on my bicycle but Mm -hmm. people are going to be coming to the park from different uh different means so let's talk about those what's what's going to look like to access this new park
1: yeah so uh Phase 1 is currently under uh, design, and, uh, and we are actually constructing at the same yeah. time that we're designing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Build it while you're flying uh, it, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, as part of Phase 1's master plan, we are looking to uh, work with the town of Clarksville to develop an extension of South Clark Boulevard, oh, nice. uh, which would um, uh, connect— uh, their new downtown that they're building yeah. uh, that, you know it was just announced that they purchased uh, the ashland park and so we're looking at this as a, a park-to-park connector
0: oh fantastic
1: and it will open up a direct pipeline um uh that we will develop out we're working on that right now exactly what that looks like but it will be you know multimodal with dedicated walking dedicated bike lanes uh and also like single lane um both ways two-way yeah. uh, uh you know um, uh, vehicular traffic uh, that will bring folks right into uh, the primary access point okay. for the park. Of course, the greenway will remain
3: oh, nice. as yeah. an mm-hmm. access
1: point. Uh, gosh, we could just go on so many rabbit <laughs> and so many rabbit holes here, right? Uh, because, again, the greenway gets underwater a little bit yeah. um, uh, through there, depending on what time of the year. So yeah. we, in part of Phase 1's master plan, we've designed an upper way which will bring people um uh above the flood plain and get you into the park and get you um uh to be able to use that greenway um, in times of flooding uh along the river there which i'm guessing by uh, (laughs) the lower mcgalpin lock uh and this rain here the forecast is is that that might be underwater by uh uh by tomorrow
0: uh, tomorrow evening yeah (laughs) yeah we're recording in the midst of tornado warnings here on friday so we'll see we'll see how it goes Kristen, did you want to add something about
2: access of course, we're hoping that as many people as possible will get into the park by bicycle or on foot. So we're hoping to encourage that with that Clark Boulevard extension. The nice thing that I, I've noticed is when you look at, at transportation funding that connects to recreational infrastructure, they won't give you much if you don't go multimodal, if you don't make it safer well, and, try and try to reduce accidents, try to reduce pollution, especially if you're serving underserved groups. So that's great news to me. I, I'm seeing like a really good progressive attitude in uh department of transportation funding opportunities which makes me really excited the other thing is you know the greenway is such a wonder and clarksville is making some improvements on it between the bridge and where the greenway starts because that area is a bit of a gap so that's nice that they're investing there they've got all that wonderful development going on by the colgate factory you know which is dense and multi use Really going to change the demographic in that area, I think, and create, you know, a whole new population for us to serve. But, um, you know, we also hope that eventually the K&I Bridge will become a pedestrian and cycling amenity. And that will do what, what we also really think is important is connecting this park to West Louisville, because we are actually going to be the closest major nature experience to West Louisville geographically speaking. And that's something we really hope to play up. And I think that would really be a game changer if that bridge were a connector as oh, we'd like it to be.
1: Yes. So I, I've got, so I've got a really, and that's, that's a great point, uh, Kristen, we're, uh, we're looking very forward to, uh, moving forward with that K and I connector and, and, uh, creating that internal loop.
0: This is a conversation with Norfolk Southern, right?
1: It is a conversation with Norfolk <laughs> Southern. Yeah. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, you know how railroads are uh, <laughs> yeah. they move they move at their own speed yeah, yes <laughs> they move at their own speed uh, but uh, we you know we're kind of working uh, quietly behind the scenes with uh, nice. uh with some community leaders uh, to uh, facilitate those conversations and uh, really we would just like the opportunity and we will pay for it the conservancy will do it um uh, to go and study what it would be to open up that uh, exactly those uh, those two and we'll come up with a master plan for it and present it and do all of that or work in uh, partnership with uh, Louisville Waterfront, however we need to do to be um, partners to bring that to fruition, but I wanted to add a novel access to uh, to Origin if I could. Yeah. Uh, April the 19th, we will be opening our first park amenity, which is our canoe and kayak launch
0: Fantastic. Uh, on
1: uh, Lower Silver Creek, just about uh, oh two three hundred 300 yards uh, from uh... the ohio river where uh... uh silver creek uh... dumps out yeah. into the ohio so, you know, so someone could be in downtown New Albany and drop, you know, drop into the water and kayak, paddle up, paddle oh. up and, uh, and, uh, or, make, from, Shawnee's ramp,
0: or right? from Shawnee's new boat ramp or from
1: Shawnee's new boat ramp. And, uh, um, we're working on a project with them later this summer where we might do a park to park paddle. And, oh,
0: I'd love that. And, yes. and
1: so, uh, you know, the Ohio river is not a barrier, right. uh, we, as people tend to think of it that way, yeah. but, uh, I. I can tell you the environment does not. And, uh, <laughs> and so, we want to inter- <laughs> so we want to introduce uh, people uh, to using that as a waterway. And I will add that um, because of the position of the lock system that is there, uh, this two miles that is at the front door of Origin Park on the Ohio River is the only two miles of the river. That is um, uh, not open to commercial traffic. So oh, you have, really? So you have two miles. There's actually, depending on what the water volume is, there's class four rapids. I promise you there's class four rapids out there right, right now. Right now, wow. And uh, wow. and so people come to from all over uh, to train there. They do uh, swift water rescues there oh, really? when the water's high. And
0: so uh, it's a really uh it's an underappreciated amenity of our river. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, let me quickly interrupt and just reintroduce you all. I'm so excited about this conversation. Conversation. We've got Director of Development for Origin Park, Doug Scott, in studio with me. Happy birthday again, Doug. And we have Kristen Forrest here in the virtual studio with us, a member of the River Heritage Consultancy Team. Uh, we are talking about this brand-new park coming to southern Indiana, right across from Louisville, and we're talking about access to it. Kristen, I know you wanted to share something in that regard.
2: Yeah, so just, just talking about using the riverfront and the riverfront being a connector, you know, we really see this park as the next logical step. Justin because it's really been in the last 30 years that uh, a lot of cities have turned their attention to not anymore treating their riverfronts like a garbage dump an industrial site and really making them connectors with the community so I grew up here you know and I remember when what's now Waterfront Park was just an industrial waste
0: yeah I remember there's the model right
2: I remember when there was not much to lead you into the falls of the Ohio so we feel like this is really the next step in reclaiming and reviving and revitalizing our waterfront and making it truly a place for everybody you know Mm. where people can go for sports recreation you know cycling kayaking running walking hiking like doug said but also having family reunions and cookouts and all kinds of gatherings and we really want this to be you know everybody's favorite local park but we think it's also going to be a major regional attraction as well
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm loving all these active ways to get to the park. That's what I'm going to be doing. But I know there are people with mobility challenges. There are handicapped mm. folks. How might they appreciate and access this park?
1: Yeah, so later this summer, we will be opening up a couple of amenities that you can access the park uh, off of Brown Station Way uh, if you come in off of Emory Crossing. And that's uh, the the primary road in between New Albany and Clarksville. Mm. And so you can come in on Emory Crossing. You'll come through uh, mostly later phases of the park, but you'll be able to access um, uh, for the park from there. We also uh will again you can come down to the Clark Cabin area mm. and park there.
0: Yeah. And yeah, there's uh, parking and there,
1: and yeah. um and then of course, you know, the greenway is accessible from there.
0: Sure is, absolutely. Yeah. And what about transit access? I, I'm not familiar with Tark service to this area. Is there any now? Is there thought about transit down the road? as kristen
1: mentioned as we're researching and developing this thoroughfare uh of the south clark boulevard extension that's obviously something that we are looking deeply at uh there is a tark tark will come fairly close it comes about a mile and a half from the park right now uh and i think that's the 70 or the 72 uh, from what i've looked at okay don't quote me on that but uh uh, so we don't think it's difficult to um, expand that uh, yeah. expand that access. And, of course, we haven't talked to TARC, and uh, we need to get a little bit further along with our plans and yeah. and stuff. But uh, we're looking forward to having that conversation as well.
0: Awesome. And, of course, you can always put your bike on TARC, and that, that mile and a half ain't so yeah, just bad. just drop right? that
1: thing on the front of TARC. Yeah, what yeah. is it, the bike rack on the yeah, front of the bus? Exactly. And off you go, right?
0: Multimodal <laughs> trip and bring your inflatable kayak along with you, and you're um, having a good time. <laughs> there
1: you go. There
0: you go. <laughs> oh. Like, All gosh. <laughs> um, and I know there is some thinking about uh, speaking of like, OK, I'm not going to drag my kayak along. What about uh, boat rental and that kind of thing? Access to equipment.
1: Yeah, uh, we we the park will not uh, will not provide boat rental services or things like that. We have been contacted and will encourage for. Uh, folks um, or third parties that may be interested in providing that service yeah. will certainly open that up and make that available and have been contacted yeah. by one or two to do so.
0: Oh, that's so exciting great. Um, it's not a place one would swim, right is that is that is swimming considered part of this park or is it more paddle sports? Uh,
2: I'll swim anywhere <laughs> <laughs> you know I would, I, if but I, I don't would, know about <laughs>
1: normal people. Well, <laughs> Not not being able to have eye contact with Kristen, she and I both have laughed about you know that we swam in the Ohio as kids. So really? I don't know, yeah, and that was wow. back before they you know pledged to clean it up a little bit. But, uh, uh, but and you uh, turned out okay, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, with the air quotes <laughs> for those that said you can't it see be, us on the radio. Yeah, it might, be, it might be why I have a third eye. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was really hoping Thumbs for, for some someday. for some mutant powers, but just haven't been blessed that way yet. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh um uh anyway yeah no I mean I'm not planning to swim there uh i am it is a paddle sport yeah. um, and um uh and and really it's a it's a place to come and observe and embrace and experience right. flooding right uh which you know we'll I'm sure we'll talk about
0: Uh, Well, yeah, I definitely want to talk about that. And and hopefully, I mean, there's the water quality issue for sure. Hopefully, the park itself will help contribute to improved water quality. But I don't know anything about the water quality of Silver Creek itself. Mm -hmm. What
1: is that like? You know, I know more about Mill Creek, uh, which flows uh, through the heart of our – you know, urban forests that, okay. w- that we're going to be developing. I don't know that much about Silver Creek. Uh, I do know that there are some studies that are out there that we've that we've seen yeah. and and, um, uh, and but I haven't
2: yeah. really
1: um, looked into them very much. Okay. But, uh, I can talk more about the health of Mill Creek, which is um, uh, it's actually very healthy.
2: Oh, um, wow, that's the, good news. The water,
1: the water is too clean. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, imagine that, right? Because uh, the effluent the, the from the treatment from Jeffersonville, water treatment from Jeffersonville and Clarksville, both flow into, uh, into Mill Creek. Okay. And which is great because they do a really good job of cleaning their water. Huh. Now, as far as the environment is concerned, it's too clean. <laughs> and so what is happening is is that as that clean water is coming through Mill Creek, it's dragging Mill Creek and the sediment and all of that along with it because there's not any sediment in the water and, it, uh, and it's not settling down. So uh, as part of our phase one uh, plans that we have, we haven't right now scoped out about. Uh, two and a half, three million dollars worth of improvements that we're looking at to make Mill Creek um, to slow the water down. Oh, to slow Uh, the water down. Slow the water down because it's carrying way more water than it's designed to carry. Right. And we Uh. wanted to go back to a meandering stream where um, uh, that it uh, performs more like a wetland. So it's deeply. So it's deeply incising. And so we need to raise the level of that stream up. And uh, we have some beavers over there right now that uh, we have a gigantic beaver dam. Oh, wow. I mean, it's huge. That's It's, awesome. it's definitely like... 20 feet tall and like 15 feet wide and no. uh, it's all and so the beavers are already starting to do some of that work for us it's amazing how Good nature them. will just jump in and, and take over if you let them
0: yeah beavers yeah. actually used to define a lot of our landscape in, in north america yeah. and we've eradicated most of them and seen mm-hmm. the negative impacts of that kristen when we started talking about beavers i saw you get excited
2: oh yeah so uh we frequently take people back there you know whether it's donors, or we recently had a wonderful winter tree ID tour that took us back there, which was really fun. And the thing that I like to think of about the park is that we are... You know, we are so much at the beginning of even phase one, never mind the further phases. But we are really trying to get it into people's minds that this is a place to go to, and we're trying to start programming and activating it and getting people excited about it. And you know, it really is a very special landscape. It's very biodiverse. It's also got a lot of interesting human history. You know, you go back into what we call Button bush Woods around Mill Creek, and you see the uh, scars of agriculture, levees, borrow pits from I-65. You know, you see all these human stories that are superimposed on the landscape, and we're going to try to keep those stories while healing the landscape and turning it back into a natural place. But um, we're already trying to really activate this park and get people to think of it as a park, which is going to, you know, accelerate the growth process, I think, ultimately. So we have the Blue Way Open. We've got a birding program coming up with members of the Beckham Bird Club Oh, really? in uh, late April or early May. Yeah, we've got to set the date on that, but that's upcoming. We've got a Father's Day paddling event on Silver Creek. Oh, wow. So we're really excited about just getting people out and looking at the place and getting acquainted with it and just getting it on the community's mental map.
0: That is awesome. And you mentioned mm-hmm. to me, Doug, before we started talking, that there are monthly uh, standing opportunities for people. You want to re- review that?
1: Yeah, correct. So we are we are uh, we're providing what we're calling Wander, uh, or oh, nice. Wander yeah. Origin uh, tours, <laughs> and those are standing uh, starting uh, this month in March uh, the third Thursday, okay. at five thirty p.m. Nice. of each month uh, through uh, November. And, a little happy uh, hour
0: with Mother Nature, huh? That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on
1: over. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, again, the following Saturday, the third Saturday of every month at 1030 in the morning is a standing uh, opportunity for folks to come. Wow. Get an overview of the park plans. Okay. Uh, a deep dive on phase one. And each week we will... Uh, or each tour, we will get out and, and, and walk and, weather permitting, and really dive into a lot more detail of where we are, what we're doing, what the plans are for this particular area, and so this one is more focused on the project,
0: yeah, and okay.
1: and and how we're going to move it forward, and and how the community can help us do that.
0: Wow! So mark your calendars. Coming up March twenty third, that's the third Thursday at five thirty, and then uh, Saturday March twenty fifth at ten thirty a.m. Folks can meet up in Clarksville at twelve thirty five West Kenwood. Right? That's correct. Um, and that that's an awesome opportunity to just get an overview of the park and see it in person and and start seeing this vision right that's right um this makes me think I hope we'll
2: see you there one of those days Jesse. yeah exactly is i gotta get a- out there Yeah,
0: come on out. <laughs> um this makes me think m- my question for you right now is what support do you all need most from the public right now is it financial contributions or talk to your legislator i mean what do you what do you need right now from the public
1: all of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just like it just like it just like every non-profit. Just <laughs> like every non-profit. Just right? like every <laughs> nonprofit. Well, I am really glad that you uh, asked that question and it gives me an opportunity to talk a little bit of more about River Heritage Conservancy and how it's set up and and the way that it operates. So, as I mentioned earlier, it's a public private partnership. And what that really means to us is that we are able to leverage the uh, capacities and uh, investments that the public investments can make. But uh, in order to create this park as grand and uh, and wonderful yeah. as, as the community uh, deserves, uh, there's, you know, just like everybody else, uh, public monies and public capacities are limited. So mm-hmm. uh, the Conservancy has been put together to leverage private investment. So Um, through foundations and the community and the public to leverage what we can can there uh, to create this park. And so uh, starting this summer, we're um, so we are working on phase one right now and phase one. Uh, will deliver a complete park to the community. Oh, good. It'll be, okay. It'll be 141 acres. Oh, It, wow. it has uh, uh, the heartbeat of the park really, which is about a hundred uh, acre uh, riparian woodland. It's a new woodland that we are working on establishing some carbon credits for and oh, wow. preserve, preserving that. But it's a it's it, this wetland is amazing, and that's where Mill Creek was. And so we're going to build about two and a half three miles worth of um, uh, hiking and walking trails in there, uh, and it will also have an event center. Okay. Uh, which is the first. So Origin is also designed long-term to be self-supporting. Mm-hmm. And so we're building some amenities that will generate revenue. The first one is in phase one, which is an event center. It's, it's situated on the bluff there at 1235, uh, Kenwood. And, uh, it will be about 300, 350 people for weddings and corporate events and things like that, Oh wow! Uh, but it's also our home base uh, Okay. Yeah. when not rented out privately, it'll be open for public use. Um, we're going to design a living room in there. So come grab a cup oh, of wow. coffee, sit on our deck with this wonderful view, uh, that, uh, where it's, it's really the exact same view that george rogers clark said you know what i think out of all these acres you all gave me this is where i want to put my house because i want to see it so we want you guys to come and enjoy that too right and, wow and uh so is that going
0: to be facing southwest it'll,
1: it'll be facing southwest yes wow. it'll be looking towards new That's albany a good place for sunsets yeah that yeah. can't average all the sunsets oh, yeah. are their sunsets are amazing fantastic and, and uh and so uh so we will be launching a capital campaign. So we have about $19.6 million raised for the phase one project. All in is about $32 million right now. Wow! Uh, it may be a little more expensive because we have just have schematic design done, not actual construction sure. documents. So we haven't got construction bids, but uh, we feel like we're pretty close. So we'll be launching a capital campaign uh, here uh, in, in the month or two to come that uh, to raise this remaining $12 million to build out the rest of phase one uh, operating the park, uh, operating the canoe and kayak launches, uh, you know, doing some of the early land stewardship and, and, um, uh, because we now have about 350 of the 430 acres that will be, uh, the entire park. So we've got to start maintaining that and yeah. start taking care of it. We have to come up with plans for that. So, um, uh, paying for this young staff to manage and deal with all of that the early park operations to continue the design and um, uh, as ways that you can support but we also definitely need folks to um, uh, let the community know uh, that the that the park is happening yeah Uh, and let the let uh, talk about it at lunch and uh, and uh, yeah if you can yell uh, let your legislators know that uh, um, hey this is an important project particularly in indiana Mm-hmm. um uh and uh ask them to continue to support the yeah. efforts.
0: Yeah. Kristen, you wanted to add something?
2: Yeah, we hope that people, you know, both private funders, corporations, foundations in this region are really going to see this as an extraordinary opportunity to invest in something that's going to transform the area. And just a reminder that, you know, we're a nonprofit uh, partnering with the town of Clarksville. This is not being built with your tax dollars. So we really need the community to give all the support that they can. And we want our potential funders to see that this has incredible potential for elevating quality of life in a way that nothing i mm-hmm in this area has to date. So this we've had economic studies done that show just how much talent this could a- attract to the area, how much is going to raise property values, how much is going to improve quality of life, improve health outcomes, you know, all the good things that a great park brings besides eliminating what are currently hazardous sites.
0: Yeah, the currently externalized cost, right? That that's really important. Uh, I'm speaking today with you just heard from Kristen Forrest, I've also got Doug St- Scott in studio with me talking about Origin Park there from uh, River Heritage consultancy and uh, and conservancy and talking about this new park coming to South, southern Indiana. Uh, just a reminder you can get out and see it yourself coming up on third Thursdays and third Saturdays of every month including March 23rd and 25th Thursdays at 5.30, Saturdays at 10.30am. Uh, so there's a standing opportunity to get an overview of Origin Park and a little walkabout weather permitting. Uh, just meet up at 12.35 West Kenwood and then on April 19th at 11am they're going to be opening the first park amenity, uh, the Silver Creek Canoe and Kayak Launch, just a few feet from spitting distance from the Ohio, right? Where That's apparently right. there's pe- people fishing already. Tell there. me that story. <laughs> Tell me your fish tails. Yeah. Everybody's got a whopper, a whopper tail, right?
1: Uh, uh, yeah. So uh, we we have uh, someone sent me a picture uh, yesterday. They were fishing uh, off of the canoe and kayak launch that we built down there oh my uh, by goodness. the Ohio. And they pulled in a 40-pound catfish. Wow. And uh, he sent me a picture of it, so I can attest. He yeah. actually did it. And I'm not the one claiming to have done it, so I think, we can, yeah. I think yeah. we can believe it. I think we can
0: it. Is fishing part of the programming and the plan for the park? Well, yeah, absolutely. It's the Ohio River.
1: Uh, people have been coming uh, to the fossil beds and to the falls area for a long, long time fishing. And yeah. uh, so we have this wonderful opportunity. I mean, I was down there. Gosh, uh, just checking on the construction progress uh, about a month ago and there was a guy with a bass boat about, you know, really? um, uh, you know, uh, all the way up into Silver Creek from the Ohio. Wow. So Um, Again, it's a big recreation spot because it's not open to commercial traffic.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is very special. One of the things that makes this park special is you guys are planning from the beginning to be climate resilient, right? And Mm -hmm. and in the midst of this crazy weather we're having right now, uh, this is a great time to talk about this. Uh, How is this park going to be responsive to the inevitable flooding we're going to see here and different from, say, oh, I don't know, the Shawnee Park where (laughs) there wasn't a lot of of planning and now our you know our our bike path there has been closed for years because of the erosion and the flooding there how is this park going to be different
1: yeah it's interesting that you say that because we're not designing origin park to withstand flooding We are designing Origin Park so that it will embrace the flooding. There you go. And uh, because, you know what, I don't care how you feel about it, what you say about it, more water's coming. (laughs) Period. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We don't have to argue that point today, at least here. (laughs) So uh, anyway, uh, one of the ways that we're doing that, particularly in phase one, is – Uh, We know that water is going to back up Silver Creek, back up Mill Creek, and more so than it does um, break the banks of the Ohio down there. Now, when it does that at 55 feet, um, you know, we've got more flooding going on. We know that the entire park will be underwater. um, Not the entire, but 92% of the park will be underwater two to three days a year. Wow. Uh, We know that up to... Um, uh, 20, 30 percent of the park will be underwater 30 to 40 days a year. Oh, wow. So why build a park that we got to close during uh-huh. that
0: time? Yeah.
1: We're going to do that um, by using some of those amenities that um, uh, some of those leftover amenities from the farming and other things in Button Bush woods with their, where there were a system of levees that were built to hold Mill Creek back oh, really? uh, to protect the farms and uh, and protect the crops there so we'll build our trail systems on top of that oh, taking okay. advantage of what's already there there's a couple of farm roads that were built up in there that we will use where there's not um, uh, where there aren't levees and things we will build elevated boardwalks we will also build um, uh, an elevated, Um, uh, you know, accessible pathway that comes off of the event center and takes you into Buttonbush Woods. It'll soar at times 50, 60 feet into the air uh, that will go over Mill Creek so that you can get in and come in. So we're not gonna, you know, they built that flood wall over there. And promptly forgot about this land. <laughs> yeah. And when they didn't forget about it, they just decided to to use it and abuse it, right? right and so, right, yeah. so what we're doing is, is we want to invite you down off of the flood wall, come on into the park, and experience this water as it comes and goes, and uh, experience this climate adaptive yeah. role
2: here. So just just to add to what Doug said, we're one of the greatest landscape architecture firms in the country, if not the world, which is called Olin. And they are known for creating ecologically sensitive places that also serve as uh, community connectors. So they have a really fantastic reputation. And I really trust all of their wonderful ideas that they're bringing to us. And we're also going to have to look at, you know, with Climate, so the park is going to have a positive impact on the area because we're going to be getting rid of these brown fields and putting in more green. We're going to be able to sink a lot more carbon, but we're also going to have to think about what we're planting. So, of course, we're planting things like cottonwoods and maples that are meant to be in the floodplain and that are resilient with the flooding. But we also need to be thinking about we're going to be doing some really great native plant demonstration beds okay. around our uh, event, our River Arts House, and those are meant to really message and model to the public. Get rid of your lawn, you know, plant the native perennials, plant things that support pollinators. And we will probably be have to thinking, be thinking about what we are planting for the future. Because, you know, when you design and build a park, you're not doing it for now. You're doing it for 5, 10, 50, 500 years from now.
3: Indeed. And,
2: you know, with the data that we're looking at with the change in uh, in water cycles and the changes in temperatures, the hotter summers, you know, the drier periods, the wetter periods, we have to rethink what will survive. You know, I've I've read, for example, that red maple might not be alive in Kentucky a generation from now. So we have to be planting for what the future is going to look like.
1: Yeah, that, they were talking about that the other day in a design meeting. I think Kristen and I, I found that interesting because I don't always think like that. I'm grateful that we have uh, yeah. Olin and Kristen and yeah. our executive director Susan <laughs> Rademaker to think about those kinds of things. But like, you know, what's it look like to plant zone six and seven plants as opposed oh, to zones right. five and six plants now? Right, right because we're going to have to be thinking about uh, what that looks like. The other thing Kristen mentioned is is natural habitat. Yeah, you know, I mentioned that when the park is completed, it'll be 430 acres. And less than 20 of that will be mown. Wow. So just let that sink in for a moment. Like, we're really going to let this be um, a a natural outdoor um, environment.
0: That's awesome. Well, let's talk about some of the flora and fauna uh, that are currently in the the space that we should be preserving. I mean, uh, there's obviously brownfields and agricultural areas, too, but... Uh, certainly I interact with quite a few bunnies and deer every time I ride that Ohio River Greenway. But what are some special things that that you've already identified that we want to celebrate and protect?
2: The other day I was showing somebody around and we saw a great horned owl and a oh, red-tailed yeah. hawk. That was
0: a special experience. Yeah so there is fishing happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: like this whole area we're under the mississippi flyway which means there's a couple hundred species of birds that pass through this area on their way north or south which which i think is just really fantastic and that's something that we really want to highlight to people and we're um we're cooperating with some of the other green organizations in the area in signing the urban bird treaty which is an agreement to help protect Urban birds through our green spaces and and good stewardship practices.
0: Absolutely. Is there anything that's going to be incorporated into that event center that will be bird friendly? Because we're dealing with that at UofL. We're trying to be part of this urban bird treaty. And, you know, we've got a lot of bird strikes on our campus, and the corpses are just shocking uh, during migration, right? Yeah. Uh, so, what are we thinking about in, in actually when we build structures in this new Origin Park?
1: Yeah, great. So, the structures at Origin are going to be of the landscape. Uh, so I want you to, when you think about this event center, and I described this bucolic setting overlooking the Ohio River and everything, so when you come up to that, it's not going to be the buildings, not the centerpiece. Everything's designed with a low profile. It's going to be put over to the side. We're looking at, uh, you know, obviously the film. What can we put on windows uh, to to help with uh, that reflection, and how can we, you know, help guide that, because, you know, the wind and the current Coming off of the Ohio is definitely something that they've been thinking about
3: yeah. uh, uh,
1: to deal with. In fact, uh, uh, our designers jo- Joseph and Joseph is, are, is the architecture firm designing it, and <clears throat> they're already talking about how to take advantage of that wind that's coming off. Um, we're going to have natural uh, wind flow through the building um, and designing it with windows up top, just like they did in the old days. Oh right? yeah, you know to pull to to pull that Love out it. and uh, um, geothermal. Really? Um, Type things. And so uh, we're really excited about that design and what that's going to look like. Um,
0: Oh, that's awesome. We're nearing the last few minutes of our time together. So I want to make sure I give you all space. Is there anything we didn't touch on yet that you really want to highlight about the park or the plans or any programming coming up that we should really let the public know about?
2: I think I would like to just make one quick reference to we could not do this alone. And we do this with many, many wonderful partners, you know, especially the town of Clarksville. And, you know, it's a really symbiotic relationship to have a nonprofit organization and a municipal entity because, you know, they're things that they can do that we can't and vice versa, and you know, they are very excited about bringing this park to their community and, and all of the incredible transformations it's going to bring. We also have wonderful support from many other organizations, you know, um, nonprofits, tourism organizations, the Falls of the Ohio Foundation. You know, and we uh, we talk a lot with the people at Olmstead Parks about how this park is going to fit into their system. We're not an island. You know, we're not right. alone. We are fitting into a beautiful existing system and in a place that's currently a, a, a dark area, yeah. at least in most people's minds, if not uh, <laughs> geographically.
0: Yeah. Oh, Dad? and the other piece of th- news that I just heard about, the Monon Trail opening up, that's going to be a multi-use trail all the way to Bloomington. Like that's fantastic! Really? Yeah, that's that's what was announced as recently as a way for people to get all the way to New Albany uh, and then all over to this Origin Park. All the, uh, that's just a phenomenal transformation for the region, right?
1: Yeah, absolute yeah. connectivity, and and I'm and I'm glad that you that you bring that up yeah. because uh, Origin really is is a regional project. There is so much that's going on right here. Um, uh, in southern indiana which is really in the backyard of louisville and downtown louisville yeah. uh i left the park to get here to come to the yeah. studio here in downtown and it took me five minutes to get here exactly
0: you're right there and, <laughs> and so so a,
1: a five minute drive from downtown louisville yeah. you can be in this urban uh you know oasis uh, that's <laughs> that's right that's right that's right
0: yeah that's so exciting. Uh, well, thank you all for taking the time today to come on the air with us and give us this update and a look ahead to what's coming for our region. Uh, it's it's one of those things that you know keeps me here in Louisville. Like there are so many things to keep one here because there's so many good things coming. Uh, and I really honor you for the great work that you all are doing to protect and preserve and expand our natural heritage right here in the region. So thank you for taking the time, y'all.
1: Well, thank you so much
2: thank for having us.
0: Thank you for having, having us. us. Yeah. Great. Stay... Always a pleasure, Justin. Oh, yes, absolutely. Come back anytime. Stay tuned, everybody. Coming up in just a second, I've got your community action calendar. There's a bunch of things coming up just this week that you can do to get engaged in sustainability. So stay tuned, my friends.
3: Flow like river to the sea Knowing it's all in you and me whole world seems I'm when we flow like never to the sea, people. I've been thinking about you today. Do you remember the time?
0: back here on sustainability now with me justin mogg on your community radio station forward radio wfmp louisville i hope you've got your calendars out and your pencils sharpened or ready to take action for sustainability there is so much going on this week We've got International Women's Day is this week, and there's a couple events marking that. On Tuesday, March 7th, there will be an event from 6 to 8 p.m. at the University of Louisville's Red Barn, right next to the clock tower. You can join the United Nations Association Women at U of L in honoring the stories of immigrant and refugee women and celebrating their resilience and contributions to our communities. Experience performances by students and community groups, hear speakers from the community, and savor the flavors of foods from around the world. Yes, there will be free food Tuesday at 6 p.m. at L's Red Barn. Doors open at 5.30 if you want to come early. More information is available at louisville.edu slash sustainability. And then on Wednesday, March 8th, there's an International Women's Day Breakfast Briefing taking place from 930 to 11 at Logan Street Market there at 1001 Logan Street. Americana World Community Center is hosting their second annual International Women's Day Breakfast Briefing. This coming Wednesday at Logan Street Market, the breakfast will cover many topics pertaining to women from our global community, including what does it mean to have a home here and there? What does support look like when you live in the United States, but your family lives in a different country? How can the people of Louisville work together to spread awareness about global issues that impact us all? The delicious breakfast will be catered by La Pana Bakery y Café, Admission is free, but there is a suggested donation to Americana. You can learn more at AmericanaCC.org. It's 930 to 11 at Logan Street Market on Wednesday morning. Also on Wednesday in the afternoon, Trees Louisville is seeking volunteers. They've got great tree planting events and other tree-related events they need volunteers for coming up in the community this spring. More information is always available at treeslouisville.org. This coming Wednesday, March 8th, from 1.30 to 3.30, they're looking for volunteers to help plant 15 trees in residential yards with some students from Youth Build who will be helping out as well in the Parkland neighborhood along West Kentucky Street. For more information and to volunteer, contact Morgan at treeslouisville.org, M-O-R-G-A-N at treeslouisville.org. Uh There will also be events coming up uh, March 15th uh, out, out at Auburndale, uh, planting 30 large, uh, a large planting of 30 trees from 10 a.m. to noon, and more information will be shared here on the program on future shows. Now, back to this week. On Thursday, March 9th, the University of Louisville is holding a drive-up, drop-off electronic waste recycling collection. Uh, it's at our downtown medical campus. They're on Madison Street. Uh, next to the 620 Garage. Don't send your old electronics to the landfill. L will offer a convenient drive-up, drop-off e-waste recycling collection at the Health Sciences Center at a box truck that will be parked on Madison Street next to the 620 Garage on Thursday, March 9th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. This is a special collection in support of L's 2023 e-waste recycling drive that goes through March 15th which is part of our Olympics and Campus Race to Zero Waste. Uh, we know it's a hassle sometimes to transport large and numerous items to the four regular collection points uh, hosted around campus, so we're making it easy for you on March 9th. Stop by anytime between 8 and 11 a.m. to drop off anything for recycling that is an electronic item. All computers, monitors, televisions, printers, copiers, scanners, servers, networking equipment, fax machines, telephones and cell phones, RAM, memory cards uh hard drives battery backups peripherals like keyboards mice speakers ac adapters computer cables and wires and we'll also have separate bins available for any type of battery lamps uh, or bulbs or uh, ink and toner cartridges can all be recycled full information is at louisville.edu sustainability now, coming up this weekend, uh, March 10th to 11th, Friday and Saturday, it's the Kentucky Student Environmental Coalition's annual Spring Summit, and it is taking place right here in Louisville this year at All People's Unitarian Universalist Church, 4936 Brownsboro Road. This year's theme is Pipeline Defense, focused on the proposed LGE pipeline in Bullitt County. They'll have a variety of programming, including a panel discussion, base building training, breakouts, button and sticker making, letter writing, as well as getting to convene in person with good food and good people. Friday will be a day for folks to arrive and have fun together. You can begin arriving at 4 p.m. on Friday the 10th, and Saturday will be programming and collaboration. The day will start at 9 a.m. with breakfast and end at 7 p.m. after dinner. If you have any questions, you can reach out to kystudentenvironmentenvirocoalition at gmail.com. kystudentenvirocoalition at gmail.com. For full details and a link to register, just go to org and look under the heading Plug In, org. Now, also coming up Friday, March 10th. Uh, Bernheim is having a mushroom inoculation workshop from 10 a.m. to noon. You can join horticulturalist Patrick Lickens to learn about the art and science of growing delicious and nutritious shiitake mushrooms. Each participant will get hands-on experience inoculating a log to take home which will produce mushrooms for up to five years. All materials and supplies are provided, but there is a fee to participate and you must uh, purchase Purchase your tickets by 4 p.m. on Thursday. You can do that by calling 502 955 8512. Or just go to Bernheim.org to register. Space is limited for the Friday, March 10th, 10 a.m. to noon mushroom inoculation workshop out at Bernheim. Then come back on Saturday, the 11th at Bernheim from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. They're going to have a conservation and practice site bait stewardship hike focused on spring wildflowers. You can join Director of Conservation Andrew Barry for an outdoor hike to learn about spring wildflowers. The warmer and brighter days of spring herald the emergence of the Greening of the landscape, watch the forest floor come alive with color as this age old renewal signals the arrival of spring. Learn about how Bernheim manages natural areas for spring wildflowers, how they contribute to biodiversity, and what challenges they face in the 20th century. This one hour hike offers something for every plant enthusiast from beginners to seasoned botanists. Weather-appropriate clothing and sturdy boots are recommended. The hike begins at Rock Run Trailhead in Bernheim, and tickets are required by 4 p.m. Friday. Again, go to Bernheim.org to register and get your tickets and learn more about the Saturday 10 a.m. conservation and practice hike focused on spring wildflowers. Now, also coming up on Saturday, the 11th, it's the final session in the Beginner Beekeeper Survival School. This is perfect for those interested in starting in beekeeping this year, wanting to learn the basics from local beekeepers. It's actually back for its second year. The Beginner Beekeeper Survival School packages the bare essentials you need to have a successful first year. This joint program includes Spencer Bullet, Kentucky, and, and Oldham Bee Clubs acting as rotating hosts. And each session costs $10, so you'll need to register in advance. More information and registration can be found online at eventcreate.com slash e slash beekeeper survival. And this final session will be out hosted by Oldham County Beekeepers Association out at LaGrange, Kentucky at the Oldham Extension Office, 207 Parker Drive in LaGrange. Uh, and we're going to learn about pests, varroa mites, beekeeper interventions, and course conclusions with Jake Barker, uh, is a master beekeeper. Uh, and, uh, again, check it out online. Get your tickets at eventcreate.com slash e slash survival It's this Saturday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. in LaGrange. Uh, Another thing going on, you're going to have to pick. There's so many things going on Saturday morning. Uh, From 9 a.m. to noon, there's going to be a community forester class hosted by Louisville Metro Parks out at their headquarters, 9300 Whips Mill Road. Louisville Metro Parks invites you to a class in which you will not only learn how to uh, plant a tree and lead volunteer groups on planting days, you'll also learn about why tree planting is so important for our city. Trained community foresters serve as lead volunteers at our plantings across the city. Our awesome community foresters work with volunteers and community members to increase Louisville's urban tree canopy through plantings and education our canopy restoration efforts wouldn't be possible without community foresters so you can become one this weekend saturday the 11th the class will take approximately three hours beginning at 9 a.m with an indoor lecture portion and hands-on planting uh, after that Uh, you have to be at least 16 or older to become a community forester and you have to volunteer at four tree events per year Uh, so Hey, this is a great opportunity to become a leader in tree planting. You can sign up today using the My Impact app, which you can find the link for at bestparksever.com. It's this Saturday the 11th, 9 a.m. to noon at 9300 Whips Mill Road. Also coming up Saturday, oh, so much counter-programming. It's all so good. But from 10 a.m. to noon, uh, out at the Southside Community Garden, there is going to be a workshop on intercropping. Common Earth's Garden Conservation Workshop Series presents this workshop on intercropping, the process of growing two or more crops at the same time within the same space. Uh, and it is going to be held at the Southside Community Garden, 7315 Southside. Drive located behind Antioch Church on Saturday, March 11th from 9 a.m. to noon. Uh, No fee to attend. Just come on by. And if it is in bad weather on Saturday, it'll be inside at uh, 2222 West Market Street. All right. Coming up on Saturday evening, (laughs) there is a hike out at Louisville Nature Center. For salamander seekers, from 6 to 8 p.m., the streamside salamander is endemic to the bluegrass region of Kentucky, Indiana, and Ohio. One of their few remaining strongholds is the wetlands of the Beargrass Creek State Nature Preserve led by our naturalist Jacob. Participants on this hike will venture into the wetlands of the Beargrass Creek State Nature Preserve to search for salamanders, discover what makes these important habitats so special, and maybe you'll get a little muddy while you're at it. This program requires the ability to walk off trail and is limited to eight people, 12 and older. Get your tickets at Center.org for the Saturday, 6 p.m., salamander seekers. And that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now!, Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to being back in your ears again in one week's time, my friends. Be well. well I'm
3: bound for shady Beaches in the summertime, my pools in the fall. If I can't have the girl I love well I don't want none at all.